Susan Plunkett. Welcome to the Edge Broadcast. Thank you very much for having me. Well, it's good to have you on the show. Man, what a bio here looking at. It says, Susan Plunkett, a psychologist, writer of fantasy fiction, uh, who interprets dreams. Is that is that is that for real? That's for real. That's the main thing that I do in life, work with people in their dreams. Wow. Well, I mean, everybody has dreams, and uh, so... Uh, now, some people have nightmares. Are, are you able to interpret nightmares as well? Sometimes, yes. Nightmares are a special category because they stem from trauma, usually. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit different. You don't quite work with them in the same way. In mm-hmm. fact, nightmares are not a bad thing. It's how we release trauma. Mm-hmm. And so we all have trauma. Um, and if it's severe enough, the psyche will produce a nightmare, which helps us to release the trauma from our physical body mm-hmm. and from our psyche. Mm. Well, uh, now trauma, some people try to put their trauma away. They try to mask it. Uh, and I guess you're saying that a, a nightmare could be an outlet. But if they, if, if they mask it, Will it ever go away, or are they are are they always going to have to at some point deal with it? Well, it takes a lot of work to mask it or repress it. It takes energy, and we all probably do some of that with our traumas. But we're using up vital energy that we could have for other things in our life, because to repress something to keep it out of consciousness takes an effort. Mm. Well, you know, well, that's kind of like I remember somebody saying it. It takes more muscles to frown than to smile. Is that right? Did I get that right? I don't know, but that <laughs> sounds beautiful. So, well, you know, hey, so we have. I don't know if you've seen the website, but we have a, a poll in, related to the, the topic tonight, which is dreams and other things. We'll talk about your books too, as well. Um, but it says, "Where do dreams come from?" and uh, the choices are from your mind, another dimension, another time, a heavenly realm, uh, another galaxy, another world, another you, which is one of my favorite songs from the 60s. I think I can't remember. So what's the name of that group? Uh, the Seekers called Another, oh, another You. Group. All right. So here we have the, the results are so far. And we, we'd like to see if they change after a guest comes on and, and we talk to see if people change their or more people. Okay. Have so it, most people say 73 percent say it comes from your own mind. Uh, 13% say it comes from another dimension, and 13% says it comes from the heavenly realm. Um, certainly, I mean, speaking of heavenly realm, man, biblically, the, the Bible is full of people having dreams. Wait a minute, we have a cat in the audience here? Two cats and a dog. Okay, well, what's the cat's name? This one is Mila. Okay, because our, uh, our moderator, Jade, who's running our chats, has a couple cats, I believe. So so she would be fairly interested in seeing this cat on the air here. So we had dogs come through. We don't care. We're, we're, this yeah, is a, the dog might come through, too. He's a Labrador retriever. Okay. So he's big if he comes through. And Now, now that's the thing. I, I was gotta, might as well go there because we're in the animal section here. Animals have dreams, right? They do. You can see them dreaming. Yeah. Because you, you, you can see their little paws or their little twitching mm-hmm. right uh, right that, I mean that, that's a given so now I wonder if they have nightmares herself they do you know I actually believe that everything has dreams I think trees and plants and crystals everything everything that has consciousness dreams mm-hmm. 
Oh, I, anyway, but uh, because the cat came and interrupted the statistics, 73% said your own mind. Mm -hmm. What was the next number? 13% uh, for another dimension. They come from another dimension. Right. And then another 13% said the heavenly realm. Right, which is a sort of another dimension. Mm -hmm. It wow. is. So we'll we'll see if that that changes. Now, as people are watching this program, they're sitting, go, go ahead. I love that you did that. That's so great. Hmm. I wonder. I always wonder what like because I just talk to people one on one hmm. in my practice as a psychologist, but to just hear what the general public thinks is fascinating. All right. Well, well, thank you very much. We that's what we try to do here. Try to make it an inclusive program and. Uh, the people that are watching the program are already sending questions in, and I'll ask, uh, we'll get into sort of a question and answer thing here as a few more come in and go from there. So, um, I, dreams have always fascinated me. What got you started into looking into this? You know, uh, I wanted to be a psychologist, and I didn't know that dreams would be the thing that excited me the most. But even before I was a psychologist, I was always as many people do, keeping a dream journal, mm -hmm. writing down my dreams, and wondering about them, um, and trying to figure them out. So it's just been a lifelong interest. Mm -hmm. And after working in private practice for 33 years, seeing mm -hmm. patients, <clears throat> I've heard a lot of dreams, and I have a lot of ideas about where they come from too. Mm -hmm. Well, let's just get into it a little bit there, um, uh, Susan. Where, where, where do you think they come from? All of the things you listed on your website, mm -hmm. all of the places all of you listed on your website, they, they come from deeper levels of our unconscious, which I guess we could consider part of our mind. You know, as vast as the starry heavens are, that's how vast our own unconscious is inside of us. And it guides us. I believe the purpose of dreams is to make us aware of things that we aren't consciously aware of. To like warn us, to advise us, to uh, share information with us that our greater self knows because I believe we're all multidimensional beings and we exist simultaneously in different dimensions. We might call it times. A lot of people talk about past lives, but I think we, we're living, because physicists tell us there's no time, I think we're living all of our lives simultaneously and I believe each of us is a multidimensional being and in our dreams, we can dream of our other selves. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we can help our other selves, and our other selves can help us. Um, I also believe that we exist in other planets and other galaxies. And I mean, I've had dreams of myself living in another galaxy on another planet. I've had dreams where I was viewing Earth from far away. Um, I've had dreams of myself in other times, which I believe I'm probably living simultaneously. I've even had a dream of myself once 
with a, as a superpower, I was able to lift a bridge off someone and pull them out from under it. And that was very weird to me. But that dream was a while ago before I knew, um, before I really understood how fast and powerful dream life is. We all dream four or five dreams a night. We don't remember them, but we have them. And we can train ourselves to remember them. Before you go to sleep, you just suggest to yourself, I would like to have the gift of a dream, and I would like to remember it. And it might take a few nights to get it going. Mm -hmm. Remembering your dreams is like strengthening a muscle. You start to work at it, and the muscle gets stronger. You remind yourself for a few nights, I'd like to have a dream to advise me on what to do about this particular situation with my boss, with my partner, with my children. And you ask your, your dreaming self to give you a dream to help you understand the situation or understand how to act. Mm -hmm. And your, your dreaming self loves you, and it will help you. If, you. if you ask it and pay attention to it, it will help us. In fact, there's so much help for all of us. That's part of what I write about, that we are so loved and we are all connected one to another. It's like we're all connected through our consciousness. And when we remember that, we can create a beautiful life in a beautiful world because our thoughts are actually creating our reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, one thing that frustrates me is, because I'm, I'm a dreamer, I dream all the time, but you know I can't capture those dreams all the time. You know, so I'm, yeah. I, they yeah. seem like they vaporize. And and then, oh by the way, let's get to this question. This is an interesting question I was want to know about too. Smoke C says, so Susan, what can you tell us about dreams within a dream? That is a very particular and wonderful thing. That could be the self, one aspect of yourself having a dream, and you're experiencing another self having a dream. But I didn't want to lose what you said about the dreams vaporizing mm -hmm. because it's true. You're, when we're awake, we're working through our conscious mind, and that's a particular level of vibration. But when we're dreaming, we're, it's another aspect of us that's dreaming. And when we wake up, you have to get that dream by the tail and climb up till you get it by the throat. Otherwise, it's gone into the mist. So, and that's because the dreamer, the dreaming self, is our vast self. It's not confined by the brain and the body. It's expansive. And its consciousness is vibrating at a slightly different level than waking consciousness. Hmm. In the old days, they had floppy disks. You're probably maybe too young to know that, but they had floppy disks. And hey, yeah, I had those. One floppy disk, it didn't, and and the dream is on another floppy disk. And when you wake up, you go to a different floppy disk, and you lose the dream because it's mm. stored in a different place. But if you're walking down the street and something reminds you of the dream, you might then remember the dream because something triggered you back onto that floppy disk. Mm 
that other mm. aspect of yourself. Mm. You know, I see Southern Boy in the live chat says we need to have a dream recorder. That'd be something, wouldn't it? Man, I lost so many dreams. What about recurring dreams, uh, Susan? Recurring dreams have to do with your own unconscious really wants to get a message to you. And so it repeats it. It like it keeps like telling you the same thing over and over until it feels you got the message. If it wants to warn you about something, enlighten you about something, it will repeat the dream. It might alter it a little, but it will keep telling you the dream until you ah, you get it. That's what my dream is trying to say. Hmm. Because it our dreams want to work with us they want to help us they don't want to they don't bother to tell us things we already know in general unless they want to underline it mm-hmm. you might know something in the dream so why is the dream telling me that i know that mm-hmm. because it wants to say this is important it's good you know it it's mm-hmm. like underlining it mm-hmm. if you have a recurring dream really try to understand it and it will stop once you get it Okay. All right. We have this question here from Brad Penn. It says, Susan, why why does water show up in dreams, swimming or on a boat? Water is so important. The watery worlds have to do with our emotions. They also have to do with our unconscious. So when you're if you're dreaming, you're in the water, under the water, or swimming in the water you're actually in the unconscious and you're learning things from the unconscious. Mm -hmm. If you're in a boat on the surface of the water, then you're you're riding along on the surface of the unconscious. It's different Mm -hmm. to be in the water than to be on the water. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, how about this here? Southern boy, and I think we kind of uh, asked this question already, but a lot of people said, why can't I never remember my dreams? Are some dreams n- not meant to be remembered, but only to be lived in the dream state? Uh, I think you, I think, I think you can remember, you, it's hard to remember dreams. You have to work at it. But I don't think there's any dream that you're not meant to remember. So it's a, it's a question of training yourself. Because the minute you wake up, you start to lose the dream. The minute you know, oh, today's Saturday. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be on Daniel's show tonight. Once you know that much, the dream is probably gone. You know, but when you first wake up and you don't know what day it is, or then you have a chance of catching it. Because once you come fully into waking consciousness, the dream is in a different area, a different mm-hmm. vibration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, another question about dreams, of course. Uh, what does it mean when you dream you have wings and you actually fly during the dream? This can mean a, a couple of things. One thing it can mean is is that you're, anything that flies often has to do with thoughts or things to do with the mind. It can also be, depending on what type of wings you have and what type of creature you are with wings, mm-hmm. could be you in one of your other selves, could be an angelic being. It could be a being from another galaxy that actually has wings. Mm-hmm. Because we don't always look like this. These wonderful bodies that we have, 
we have on earth because they suit the environment we you know the way our lungs work and our senses work mm -hmm. that works in this environment but in other environments we have different types of bodies mm -hmm. so you may dream of yourself in another form mm. you may be an angel in an in another another aspect of your mm. multi-dimensional self okay well i've certainly had a number of dreams of flying and usually when i'm flying I, i'm i'm not supported by a device of any kind flying through so that's so there's two of us here so i'm going to ask people in the live chat have you had dreams in your dream have you were you flying in any of your dreams people in the live chat just put yes or no and for a quick little little check there on that have you ever had a dream where you're flying i certainly have all right here's another one this is from rose renoff says uh, uh susan what if you dream all the time that you show up naked at your high school that you never graduated and that you never graduated oh you know these these dreams of being naked in public this is a very common dream that people have and it has to do with feeling too exposed with not having enough of a persona to protect us. We feel, when we feel, there's a, an aspect of us, we've all had these dreams, and children frequently have these dreams too, that we're out in the street and we don't have our clothes on. It's a feeling that we're not protecting ourselves enough. We don't have enough of a persona. By persona, I mean, when you see the mail carrier, the, the mailman, he has his uniform. And he has his mailman persona. And when he goes home at night, he takes off his uniform and sits in his lazy boy, and he takes off the persona of the mailman. Uh, the same with the policeman or the teacher. You know, we go home and we take off our persona, our uniform, the way we present in the world. Mm -hmm. But if we're out in the world and we don't have enough of a persona, the dream will say, you're too naked in the world. Mm. You need to protect yourself a little more in the way you present yourself. Mm. Okay. Uh, in the live chat, we've got respondents already. Rosette says, yes, I've uh, dreamed of flying. Mickey V says, yes. Our moderator, Jade, says, yes. But Yahweh first says, yes. Raul Sanchez says, yes. Uh, Jim Tedesco says, yes. Kath says, yes. Smoke C says, yes. Wow, that's very, very common. And uh, speaking of, of the live chat, uh, additional people have joined us, and I want to recognize those. Uh, Tony uh, Fontanata joined us, so is uh, Freely Speaking, Raul, uh, G-O-N, Kevin Utterberger, Sunset Forever, Teflon Coat, and Azure all joined us in the live chat. Well, that was pretty interesting on that. It looked like a lot of people flying. I'll, I don't know if I should throw out the naked question or not. Uh, so, you know, all right. This, in fact, Let me say something about the flying. Okay, go ahead. It's very different if you dream you're, you're just lifting off. Like some of us have experiences in flying dreams that we just will ourselves to lift off. We just will ourselves to fly. And I believe that's different from dreaming that you have wings. When you just will yourself and you suddenly, you're, you're lifting off and you're flying, I believe that is actually the light body, the soul body, leaving the physical body to journey during the night. Just like often when we dream we're falling, it's it's the, the light body, the soul coming back into the body because we do leave our bodies every night and journey. Mm -hmm. And very often we experience that exit from the body as mm -hmm. flying. Mm -hmm. yeah. let, let, let me ask, ask something, uh, Susan Plunkett. Um, has anybody 
left their body in a dream state and brought anything back, some physical evidence of where they went? I imagine there are people that have and that that could be done. But usually what people report is they come back and they can describe exactly where they were. And then when you check, it's a place where they've never actually been, physically been. It is exactly like that. And they were there and they saw it. And I've had that experience. Mm -hmm. Or they visit someone at night in a house, in a room, and they can tell you where everything was in the room, where the clothes are laid, where everything is. And then when they check with the people there, it is exactly like that. Mm. Sounds like proof, proof of leaving something or going somewhere. Yeah. Um, question coming in says, what if you dream of pets that passed on years and years ago? I think they're visiting us. Just like when we dream of family members and loved ones and friends who've died, they weave into our dreams because that's an easy way for them to contact us without scaring us. Mm -hmm. Like if you're walking around your house and you suddenly see a friend who died in a light body, it might be frightening. But if mm -hmm. you're having a dream, they can weave in and the dreamer in us accepts that more easily. And there's a connection between us and a beloved pet. Mm. We, we love them and they love us. And they visit us also. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so we have chickens and, and we love our chickens. And most people that have chickens refer to them as the girls. You know, this very personal thing. Now, there, although I got to tell you, so here, this funny story. I know it's not real funny, but so my neighbor's got chickens too. He got cows and he's got donkeys. Well, we got chickens and, and we got a special coop we built for him. And so, you know, they, we call them our girls. And a lot, so for a lot of people, chickens are, in, are, are endearing. Yes. But then I saw my neighbor, he went to get chickens and, and I saw him carrying the chicken with upside down I'm thinking man that chicken's going that chicken's going in the oven I could we couldn't do that but I'm just saying that uh, chicken has consciousness well well that's what I'm thinking that do chick you know even if you say like you said earlier you said that everything may dream and everything may have a conscious and, and be a, a sentient being type of thing if you eat a chicken is in the next life does he come back together he exist. may come back as something else. He may incarnate. He has a choice also. He's not going to be a chicken in every life. <laughs> well, so if it, okay, but wait a minute now. So if a chicken comes back as a person and, and the transition happened quick enough, would he go to the butcher and say, man, look, you tore me apart, stuck me in a wrapper and sold me on the market and, and, and they didn't even cook me right. I mean, are they going to tell them that? No, I don't think so. I think that, I mean, I don't know all the options that every being has uh, for reincarnation, but I, I think we mostly, because if the chicken is coming back to Earth as a human, the chicken is passing through the veil of forgetting. Mm. That's why we aren't conscious of other lives that we're simultaneously living or, as people call them, past lives. Mm -hmm. Because you go through the veil of forgetting, and so you don't remember what happened. Mm. Therefore, you start, like, kind of with a clean slate, although unless you're, 
you know, mm-hmm. I think there are Buddhists who do remember. Mm-hmm. Um, there and they can go into the house they last lived in and tell you what's in the drawers but most of us pass through a veil of forgetting and we don't remember um, on the topic of living multiple lives simultaneously that always remind, whenever I hear that I always think of one of my favorite movies which is called Coherence and in Coherence people who watch the show know I've talked about this before uh, comments come out over the over over America somewhere, and all the power goes out in this one little block of time, one little block in the city, and then the people in the house they go out in the dark and they meet themselves, but they're they're all different. Some are mad at each other, some are angry, some are drunkards, and they keep meeting themselves, their group. So it, it, that movie is basically showing that everyone's living different lives at the same time, and in some strange way where there's a thin place that you can observe. Your li- yourself living a different life. And I'm not saying that's true. I just like the idea that's presented that it is possible in multiple. Because didn't Einstein say there's there's a lot of dimensions, there's more than five dimensions, there's like maybe hundreds of dimensions? Yes, octaves of dimensions, yes. Mm. And we don't know all of them. We don't even know how many dimensions there are. Mm-hmm. Okay, somebody's in the, somebody in the live chat, Susan, is taunting me because they just said they had, they had chicken for dinner. Okay. Oh. They, they are taunting me. But they didn't have one of your girls. Oh, okay. All right. Well, okay. You got a good point. Thank you. That that, that, that relieves some of my stress right there. All right. Uh, let's go to more questions. Keep piling in here. All right. Um, a bear, who gives our bear report, uh, good news every every week, a segment, says, uh, can I send my dreams to other people? That is a fascinating question. I think you probably can. Um, but I don't know exactly how that works because we're always, we're all, even though we don't all develop it because we don't realize we can, but I think we all have ability to be clairvoyant, to be mediums, to be channelers, but we don't know that and we don't develop it. So we, we send our thoughts all the time to other people and they pick them up. Mm. You know the old one, the phone rings, and you say, oh, that's so-and-so, even if, and you mm-hmm. know it is, even if they haven't called in years. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have the ability to know things. We just don't trust it because we're taught to focus on three-dimensional reality. We're taught to just focus on, you know, walking and talking and everything's physical, even though physicists tell us nothing is physical, nothing is really solid. It's all mostly space. But we trust our our senses so much that we don't rely on our inner senses. So I I know that you can send images to other people. Like you can think of something and then you ask the other person to tell you what you're thinking of and mm-hmm. they can know. Mm-hmm. So you probably can send your dreams mm-hmm. to other people. In fact, the American the Native Americans they don't like to sleep within five feet of another person because they believe that your dreams will start to get interwoven and then it won't be your dream. So I think that's a fascinating question. You, you probably can send your dreams mm. to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the Bible, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, but he couldn't remember it. And he sent out to all of his wizards all across the land saying, somebody needs to tell me my dream 
and interpret my dream. So not only did he ask for somebody or demand somebody to interpret the dream, they wanted him, he wanted to find somebody to tell him what his dream was. So now, is that a, is that a higher stage, a higher dimension to be able to tell somebody what their dream was? Or do you always have to have the dream to interpret it? I think I personally, who live in the third dimension here on in this life on earth, have to have have to be told the dream. I don't pick up people's mm-hmm. dreams like Nebuchadnezzar was asking people to do. But I imagine there are people who can do just what he was asking them mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have that developed skill. I need people to tell me the dream in order mm-hmm. to interpret it. That, that could be right. That could be a higher higher level. Higher consciousness. A higher consciousness or a higher vibration, right? Uh, yeah. So, but here's what I'm thinking. So all the wizards, are using the story as, as the example, there were certainly a lot of charlatans who made their living off of interpreting dreams and probably didn't tell anybody their true dream, the interpretation at all. But obviously Daniel proved it because he said not only told what the dream was, but also the interpretation. He did both. So that confirmed his ability. But I'm just wondering... Because it seemed like Daniel was more closer to the God of the universe. So is it is it possible that the closer we get to our spiritual reality, the more these gifts of dream interpretation could manifest in our life? I, I think the more we develop spiritually, the more powers we have. And I, I don't mean powers to control others. I mean powers of consciousness. Yeah, I think we're all evolving um, all the time. We're here in Earth School to learn and to evolve back to divinity, back to source. And the closer we get, the more we know. I definitely think I agree with what you just said. Yeah, as we evolve. Mm-hmm. Okay, just a, just a quick uh uh, upkeep here. Let's uh, this book here. We obviously we have all three of your books in our background. They've been rotating. Uh, when every breath becomes a prayer, what is that book about? That book, uh, that title, "When Every Breath Becomes a Prayer," actually refers to uh, my sister's death. I had a younger sister who died of cancer, and mm, uh, as she was wasting away very quickly, I would. I would be lying in bed at night and it was hot and it was the summer and I would be breathing and I would be praying and I would I didn't know whether I was breathing in the prayers or breathing in the air the hot summer air um, just praying for her life or praying for her to have a smooth transition so a, a large part of the book is about facing death and facing loss. Mm. There are three kinds of loss in that book. It's kind of loosely a memoir. Mm. But when every breath becomes a prayer, it's like I could feel the prayers on my lips and I could feel the breath on my lips. And I was in such a heightened state that I didn't know what was breath and what was prayer. Mm. Wow. Well, death and loss is something that uh, every single person on the planet will experience all right and what about this book here mission from mars uh this book is about a group uh a call goes out across the universe that earth is the consciousness on earth is raising 
And we need volunteers from all the galaxies to come to Venus to train. And all different kinds of beings go to Venus, and then once they get there, they're asked to take a form of a bipedal being. Like many of them who come have four legs, six legs, they don't have eyes and heads, they have sensors, but they all sort of take a kind of a, a not a human body, but a sort of a human body, mm. and they train on Venus. And because you can't, or you're not supposed to, interfere with the affairs on Earth, you have to be born to, to live here, you have to come in as a human baby. These volunteers from around the galaxy volunteer for a mission, a mission from Venus to go to Earth and be born as human infants. And this first book of the trilogy is about their training on Venus to become human. They're learning about what they'll need to know to come to Earth because they've never been to Earth before. Mm -hmm. And we follow, the book follows eight of them, twin flame pairs, as they train on Venus and then as they are born into human bodies, born as babies, um, around all around the Earth in different places. And the book, this book, Mission from Venus, ends mm -hmm. with each of them being born. And the next book enters, wanders on Earth, when they're 21 years old and they're starting to wake up and realize that they came to Earth on a mission. They're really fifth dimensional beings who volunteered for the mission, but they, like us, had to go through the veil of forgetting and they forgot what they were doing. They thought they were just ordinary humans. And then they start to wake up and realize that they're here on a mission to help all beings on Earth understand how unique and special and wonderful they are, how in fact each of them contains a cell of God, that each human on earth is a piece of God, and that's the message that the wanderers are bringing to mm. earth, to try to get all humans to know that they contain a cell of God, that all together, all of us, are part of the divine, part of source. Are there uh, are there wanderers amongst us now, Susan? I believe there are millions of wanderers uh, on Earth now, going about having ordinary lives, um, trying to help uh, other people. And I'm not the only one who thinks this. There was a very famous uh, group in the 1980s who channeled a being called Ra, who was a six-dimensional multi-being who was able to speak through Carla Ruckert, who's now dead, but she and Don Elkins and Jim, I forgot Jim's last name, the three of them were able to work together to open a channel to this higher, this higher dimensional being who came through and gave them a lot of information. And one of the things that, that Ra told them was that wanderers had been coming a long time to Earth. And that, for example, there are certain people that, were, that we know of that were wanderers, like Tesla, who mm. wanted to give everybody electricity for free. Mm -hmm. And then he died a pauper. 
because big business wanted to charge for it. But the, and that there are many wanderers historically, and that there are millions here uh, now doing uh, good things. Susan, some people claim that they're living in a nightmare right now. Wherever I go fill up my gas tank, I'm having a nightmare, and that nightmare don't seem like it's going to go away. Uh, so can nightmares be blocked from happening? You mean f nightmares for collective nightmare on the planet? Yeah. I think all of our thoughts are creating our reality. Our thoughts are incredibly powerful. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Does that mean there's people there who's, there's a whole lot of people with a lot of thoughts thinking, man, we got to get these gas prices up to about 10 bucks a, a gallon. So, I mean, there, so now then we would have those people who want thoughts of higher gas prices. And there are people that do believe it or not. That's why we have them. Then there are other people that don't. So who wins? Is it? I guess whoever's got the most, whoever's got the most thoughts. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure exactly how that would work, but mm -hmm. okay. All I right. think to be loving, to be loving toward all, even if you think we're living in a nightmare now, and I know many things may seem like that, we are moving at least all of the, I mean, I don't channel when I'm awake, but I receive messages in the sleep state, in the dream state, that all will be well on earth, mm -hmm. and that even when it seems dark, things are getting better. A mm. hundred years ago, 90% of the population was illiterate and many were starving. Now, that's just not true. Only like 10% of the population on earth is illiterate and many, many less people are starving. So when you look at it across time, things are getting better. Hmm. Any one moment, it might be hard. Gas might be hard, be expensive right now, but we can always like drive less, walk more, bicycle. You know, <laughs> there are ways to cope. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> okay, I want to welcome to the chat uh, Outfactor, Manson, Robert Griffin. I'll welcome in the live chat. Um, what can you tell us about lucid dreaming? That is a very particular skill where you can, you are conscious enough in the dream to control what's going on so that you're conscious mind is participating in the dream state and shaping the dream and that's a skill that can be learned and some people do it automatically but it is a very wonderful and particular skill mm. um, where we can shape our dreams the way we shape our day our waking life mm. so you're, you're saying that uh, you can have more than your regular routine dream so how do you set out about it? You're going to bed, you start to get, you know, you take a melatonin or whatever it is, help you sleep, and um, you, you tell your mind, lucid, lucid. Is that what you do? Well, that's part of it. You Before you go to sleep, you say, I would like to wake up in the dream. I would like to bring my waking consciousness into the dream instead of just letting my unconscious create the dream I would like my conscious mind to participate it's a suggestion you suggest it to yourself hmm. 
And it won't happen necessarily the first time you suggest it, but if you, again, it's the same muscle as remembering your dream. Mm. You repeat the message to yourself that you want to do this, well, and you will be able to do it. In some fashion, isn't that self-hypnosis? It seems like it is a little, uh, but it doesn't go all the way to hypnosis. It's just a suggestion. It's a, it's a suggestion that the unconscious can take or not. Well, isn't that the, the basis of hypnosis? Suggest, uh, suggestion? It's suggestion, but it's also hypnosis controls the person. I don't like that idea too much of hypnotizing or being hypnotized mm -hmm. because you're taking control of another person, and I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a fair <laughs> thing to do. As a psychologist, I, mm. I, I've never hypnotized anyone. Mm. Well, now, I, I don't want to go too deep into this conversation, but when you talk about body autonomy and you don't believe it's ethical to take control of somebody else's body type of thing, but isn't that what we've been doing in the last two years where one group has been taking control of other people's bodies? Well, I think with hypnosis, it's taking control of their mind. Um is not the mind the body? No, the mind is a separate. The mind is a separate thing from the body. That's with hypnosis. Um, I think everybody has free will, uh, and whether they want to have an abortion, wear a mask, whatever, I think we have free will, but your free will stops where, you know, you can't just punch someone. You know, you have, there are certain things that we do to cooperate. But you can you can inject them. I mean, it sounds like the same thing. Uh, no, nobody can I'm be just saying, injected. I'm just, well, I'm, yeah. just think, I'm just thinking there ought, there ought to be standardized rules, really. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't seem like there is. No, we, we're muddling along. We're muddling along. On the one hand, uh, women are forced to have babies they don't want. Some people feel to keep their job, they're forced to have a shot. Other people feel to go in a restaurant, they have to wear a mask. You know, we're, we're all living together on this planet, and we have to find a way to get along. <laughs> Can't we all get along, Susan? We can. I believe we can. Um, we have to understand each other and respect each other. Like, we don't all think the same, and that's okay. But my rights end where I'm hurting someone. And, you know, I can't just punch someone or take my car and drive into them. Mm. Um, I have to, because I have to obey the rules of the road. And, you know, I'm willing to wear a seatbelt and not drive drunk mm. to protect other people as well as myself. Mm. But isn't that, uh, some of these laws and rules, isn't that... Uh sort of the Tom Cruise movie Minority Report where the precogs were able to 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 tell somebody's going to commit a crime in the future so the police would arrest them before they committed a crime. Isn't that sort of the same thing? You say you put your seatbelt on, but you, you haven't killed anybody. But you might know, but you might kill somebody, so therefore you have to obey a rule because you might. Somebody's trying to predict your future as and that's not it sounds it sounds like a part of the, the uh dystopian future well no I think I put on a seat belt because I don't want to go through the windshield if someone hits me or I hit someone mm -hmm. I just put it on to protect myself because it makes sense 
But I remember being a little kid, we didn't have seat belts. I remember standing on the front seat, and if my father came to a stop sign, he would put his, his arm out so I didn't fall into the dashboard because mm -hmm. I'd be standing there, you know, two years old next to him, and I thought, God, how did we drive like that now? Like babies are in a car seat, you know, mm -hmm. in the back. Mm -hmm. And that seems like so safe to me. But mm -hmm. back then, I didn't think I was in any danger. Of course, too. Mm -hmm. um, okay. All right, let's get to another question for you. Azura says, Susan, as a child growing up in the 70s, I've had many recurring dreams of King Kong attacking me and my brother in the second story of my church as a child is King Kong is a King Kong dream a in as a child is that normal very normal wow. King Kong is kind of is an archetype of a kind of a destructive monster and most children dream of monsters because when we're children we don't have very much power everyone's bigger than us everyone's more powerful everyone's telling us what to do and we often dream that we're in you know that we're helpless and king Kong is kind of an archetypal figure that you know isn't he the one that could knock down the empire state building mm. yeah. maybe that was a different monster no no that's that's that's, that's the same one right there uh here's another one that says have you had any reports of dreams involving spaceships yes a lot of people dream of spaceships and airplanes and spaceships um and, you know, they may be living in a spaceship in another aspect of themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, certainly my dreams of being on other planets in other galaxies, I believe, are aspects, other aspects of me. Mm -hmm. when, when a person um, recalls a dream, um, I guess, thinking about it, um, you send out a a thought to your dream compartment and say, I'm recalling, I want the dream that I had an hour ago. Is that, is that how that goes? Is there, is there a message going from one compartment? Is it, and then is that in the consciousness or in the brain? How does that message get to where it is? And how is it, I mean, is it like you talk about floppy disk? It says, and then some kind of device or something goes and retrieves that specific dream. How does that happen? You know, some stuff is a little bit of a miracle, but the dream is in, in a less conscious place, and it's hard to retrieve it once you go into rational thinking, because you and I were talking in a reasonable way, and we understand this follows this follows this, but in a dream, you could dream of your studio or the room that you're in could be in your grandmother's house or your grandmother's house could be you know in your backyard the dream can mix everything up because it doesn't follow the kind of consciousness that we have when we're awake mm -hmm. where things are reasonable the dream can mix up time people who are dead are there in the dream uh, rooms well, are in different buildings. Okay, I'm ha I'm having a dream right now. Is is this gonna is this gonna appear on my desk? Because I'm I'm thinking about it right now. You know, if you think about it hard enough, 
I mean, I actually believe that our thoughts can make things manifest. I'm, try I'm trying, man. Instantly. Well, wait a minute. Let me check. <laughs> maybe no. not. Maybe it came to me. Let me see what I got. Oh, now it's only water. <laughs> okay. Hey, well, there you go. I could have sent you the dream. Um, all right. Let's get more questions coming in. Is it just for Peter from Australia? Says Susan. Is it true that you can't read in dreams, or or is it just a myth? No, you can read. You can you can read signs in dreams. Mm -hmm. um, the thing about dreams, is, the reason why people do think you can't read in dreams, is that dreams prefer symbolic language. They mm -hmm. prefer pictures and images. They prefer like a King Kong rather than I feel mm -hmm. like everyone's big and I'm small and it's dangerous. You know, no, the dream doesn't print that out. Mm -hmm. It shows you King Kong. Mm -hmm. um, and dream, the unconscious prefers to communicate with us in images, in symbols, because they're so much more powerful than words. I mean, King Kong coming through the church window is more powerful than the sentence, I feel... I feel like I'm really small, and there's some big forces mm -hmm. impinging on me. Hmm. Okay, so uh, let me ask the people in, in the live chat. Besides the one person had a King Kong dream, has anybody else had dreams with gigantic monsters? Just put a yes or a no in the live chat. We'll see if anybody else had live giant monster dreams. All right, Rose Sanchez says, Susan, what, does the, what do you think about... Uh, <laughs> Freddy Krueger in a movie manipulating people's dreams to kill them. I didn't see. That's a real movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole series of freaky movies. This guy named Freddy Krueger. I think it's uh, it's like Halloween or something. Oh. Some killer comes out of it. Now that's going to give you that's going to give you nightmares. I mean, yeah, is, is, isn't that true? So so we watch a scary movie. Images go in the brain. They're sitting around in there. And then at night, in the dark at night, when you're all by yourself and it's really quiet, those dreams start form. They start forming together, and then they add things to it. And there, yeah. it's, there's a direction, and then a movie starts to play. And you begin to have a nightmare. Who's directing that movie? You are. You your unconscious is doing that. Your own unconscious is picking things. You see a million things in the day, but you pick things that affected you because you're working it out not everybody who sees that movie will have a dream that night about it but if it resonates with the deeper part of you and your unconscious wants to make a comment it may use things from that dream mm -hmm. to communicate with you okay so you're saying you and I'll just say I so I yeah. put that movie together so yeah. So so I didn't. So did I say? So there's a Freddy Krueger killer guy coming, whatever, and he's got a, a chainsaw. So did did I go to a, a place over a piece in a piece of brain? Say, give me a picture of a, a chainsaw. I'm going to put it over here. Then a picture of of of, of the a spooky house and put it in there. And and then um, I mean, is that and then is that what I'm doing? So I'm thinking that we manifested a monster in the internet connection. Just surely we called him into existence and he cut the power. Anyway, um, I'm back. What were we saying? What were we saying? Just I was, I was asking the question. So we have yeah. fragments in our brain that are in. And then so 
Well, and right. I said, do I, I said, give me a, a chainsaw over here and put it over here in this guy's hand. And I want him wearing a red hat. And then uh, I want him to raise my gas prices while he's over here. But and so, you know, is it, and so that's me calling yeah, pieces of right. stuff from my own brain and, and saying, go over here and then roll it together. Then, some, then at some point do I say, I got all the fragments, roll it. Yes. Your unconscious does that. Your, your unconscious is the creator of your dreams because it wants to communicate something to your conscious mind. We all do that five times, four or five times a night. How many dreams can a person have in a night? Around four or five, but we only remember usually the one just before we wake up. And that's the unfair part right there because some of the really good dreams are the ones that a couple earlier, I noticed that myself. Yeah. All right. So, um, Freely Speaking says, Susan, what is the impossible dream? There's a song called The Impossible Dream, so there must be an impossible dream. Uh, I don't know that there's an impossible. I mean, I don't know if there's an impossible dream. I don't think it's a real question. I just think it's a funny, yeah. a fun, that's a fun question. All right. So here's this, here's this question here. Is from Smoke C says, is it possible to use dreams as a gateway to time travel? Yes, I, I I'm sure that it is. Have you time traveled, uh, Susan? I have not. I have time traveled a little, in kind of crazy, but uh, during a regression where I I mentioned that my sister had died earlier in the show. And I wanted to contact her after she had died, after she had transitioned. So I went to a psychologist who does life between life regressions. And he traveled me back to the time of my last death. Whoa. And then he said, where did you go after you died in that last death? And go there. And I went there into this other realm where no one had a physical body. Everyone was an oval of light. Um, and I was an oval of light myself. And everything was conducted through mental telepathy. It was a very similar place to what people describe who have near-death experiences, except this was me regressing to my own death from a previous time, even though there is no time, physicists say. It's all happening at once. It's just where we're putting the focus. So, yeah, I think we can time travel if we let go of the idea that we have this linear timeline that we're living on, which is very hard for us because we, you know, we go from saturday to sunday to monday and we're used to time being measured out but physicists say there is no time everything is happening at the same time but our heads would explode if we perceived reality that way so we we pretend it's lined up if mm. that makes any sense because yeah. we don't want our heads to explode okay i'm going to give you a quote from uh, william butler yates and maybe you can interpret it. It's a quote, not a dream. But he said, But I, being poor, have only my dreams. I have spread my dreams underneath your feet, 
Tread softly because you tread on my dreams. What did he mean by that? I think he was probably talking to Maud Gone, who was the woman that he adored in his life, and it was unrequited. She didn't love him back the way he loved her. Mm-hmm. And he was he was telling her to be careful of his heart. Because his dream, like the guy who asked the question about the impossible dream, they're talking about dream not as the dream you have when you're sleeping, but the the dream life that they want. And he had an idea of a dream life with her, but she didn't want it. Just like that song, The Impossible Dream, I think, Mm -hmm. is people refer to things they can't have in life. So that's just a pipe dream. That's just a dream. Mm And William Butler Yeats was telling Maud Gone, mm. you don't tread on my heart. I've spread it, my dreams, my hopes, my love under your feet. And you've, you've, don't tread on it. You know? Okay. That, that was very good, Susan. Thank you. Well, now, Charlie Brown, he had unrequited love with Peppermint Patty, just saying. Um, all right. So here's a question for Smoke Seas. How... Do competing manifestations from millions of people resolve itself? Yeah. That's that's beyond my pay grade. I know that our thoughts create reality, but I'm not sure how it all... I mean, that's... I'm not enlightened enough to know how... God, or the divine, the source works all that out. Mm-hmm. I know that we each have power and we are creative beings, but I don't know how it's all well. That all balanced. Yeah, Susan. You know, that, that that leads to the that leads us to the pole where the heavenly realm. And I think the people to answer that question are, are saying probably God sent a dream or angels sent a dream. So we've been we've been mainly talking about dreams that we've built or created ourselves is what you've been telling me. So what happens when an extraterrestrial dream comes in? Who is sending that in? And isn't that violating our own autonomy? It is violating our autonomy. If, if an extraterrestrial is sending us a dream, I haven't had any dreams from an extraterrestrial personally, but about the, the 13% that say that the divine or God or the heavenly realm, I agree with that because there is a, there is a divinity and a peace of God, you know, in every heart that beats, there is a spark of light and that spark of light is connected to the heavenly realm. And it, even if, it, our spark, which is connected to the heavenly realm, can be creating a dream in order to help us or advise us. Like if I have to make a big decision about anything, I think it through logically, and then I go to bed and I say, can I have the gift of a dream to show me what I should do or what I should do? And I'm really asking my higher self, that part of me, my unconscious, my higher self, my angelic aspect that's connected to the divine to guide me. And I believe we can get divine guidance in our dreams. 
Okay, well, that that is good. Has, have you ever talked to anybody who had a dream that they acted upon that resulted positively in their favor? Many times, many times. And, you know, for 33 years, I've been talking to patients about their dreams, and many times they've had guidance from their dreams. And it was very positive. I mean, from simple things. Do mm -hmm. I buy this house or that house? Mm -hmm. Do I have a baby? Do I marry this person? Do I break up with this guy? Do I take this new job? Is my boss, does my boss, how should I work with my boss? I feel he doesn't like me. You know, all kinds of human stuff. Mm -hmm. Or how can I contact my, my mother who died or my wife who died? Mm -hmm. Um, so, so if there's a positive outcome to that, say, and, and uh, of course, I, I use the word extraterrestrial dreams, but now I'm going to suggest dreams directly, say, from the kingdom of heaven, you know, from, from God's throne. He's sending a message down. I mean, he clearly said, because I think he said in, uh, uh, in Acts that your, uh, uh, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will, will uh, have visions, and your old man will dream dreams. So... Clearly, he says that he's going to pour dreams in, into people. And those are the dreams I think we want. I don't think we want to put those away. Now, I, don't, I wouldn't think that always a dream from heaven is a good thing. I mean, could, I mean, it could be a message to say, you know, don't do this, don't do that. But there also could be messages coming to us that are trying to trick us. So how do we differentiate between one that's coming from the kingdom of heaven and, say, extraterrestrials or demonic realm trying to wreak havoc in our lives? Um. I don't know that, I mean, I guess there could be dark entities or dark players who um, want to infiltrate our thoughts, but I haven't ever had a dream reported to me that I didn't feel came from the person's unconscious or the person's own connection to the divine. Mm -hmm. Dreams, even nightmares, are not really demonic. I mean, there are probably negative entities around who might want to attach, and we can get rid of them. I mean, that's why we have scalar waves, which are just divine energy. We just call for divine energy to clear our, our aura and to clear us. Mm -hmm. And before you go to sleep at night, um, it's a very good thing to, to ask for the gift of a dream. May it come from the light. Mm. May all my dreams come from the light and and serve my divinity and all, That's all beings. Even even there, you got to be careful because the Bible says that be careful that some some uh, some uh, people have appeared to you as an angel of light, but they are not angels of light at all. All right, let's get to another question here. It says, um, uh, for, this is from Jader, a moderator. It says Susan, if you think something negative about a real person in a dream, can it manifest in reality? It probably has an effect, yes. So it's we have to be careful of our thoughts. I mean, because we're human and we have a, this kind of a vehicle, this human body, we we have jealousies and angers and pain and resentment, and so we often think things that are negative. And if you could see it, you would see the the negative thought about yourself or another person as like black energy or a black cloud. And that's pollution. That's mm -hmm. thought pollution. And it's 
good to watch your thoughts. Um, it's good to be careful of your of your thoughts when you're awake. When you're in a dream, if you have a negative thought about another person, it may be a warning to give a little space to that person. You know, that's not necessarily mm -hmm. the the conscious ego trashing a person. That could be your unconscious or your own divinity warning you, this person might not be the best person for you to hang out with. Hmm. So the dream could warn you. But in life, in when you're awake, be careful. Like, because we're human, we all get mad sometimes and say things, but we are polluting when we do that. Hmm. All right. Um, Jim Shock says, when I'm studying or researching a subject and I go to sleep soon after I quit my research for the day, I will dream about that subject every time. Is that normal or something else? That's completely normal. And you're getting help there from deeper levels of yourself. You know, some amazing discoveries have been delivered in dreams. And I, I wish I could just give you examples, but mm -hmm. I've read many times that things came to people in a dream. And I, I think sometimes it is our higher self or our, our angelic being that is saying, mm -hmm. try mm -hmm. this, find this solution, make, create it this way, mm -hmm. invent, it, invent this. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of stuff comes to us that way. Mm -hmm. My books come to me in dreams, not when every breath becomes a prayer. That book was, you know, my personal experience of loss and death. Um, but Mission from Venus and Wanderers on Earth, a lot of that comes to me in a dream. And that's why right in the morning I get up and I write before it's all gone. Mm. Mm. So you get a little help in your, in your dreams. So is, is it possible if you have an intention, say me, your, your mate or your friends or something, so okay, tonight I'm going to dream about a specific thing, and you, in your intention, dream about that specific thing. Could they, could if, if two people had that intention, and they fall asleep with that intention, is it possible that they would contact each other in the dream state? Yes, this happens. It's been reported to me that this happens. Yes. Hmm. Not only that, two people. I was once working with a couple. And who, who shared the same bed. They were a married couple, and they both dreamt the same dream one night, that they were underground somewhere trying to climb up a wooden ladder, and when they poked their head up, there was a tiger. And they both dreamt that dream, wow. but their heads were on pillows next to each other. That, it was weird, but yes, I think our dreams, we can influence one another. Mm. Wow. Now, of course, there's no possibility to have a dream to know what the next uh, Powerball lotto number is, is there? I don't think that the unconscious is that concerned with that kind of practical stuff. It's more concerned with our, our growth. But one could ask. One could ask. <laughs> well, it, it, it doesn't hurt to ask, huh? It doesn't hurt to I ask. Mean, like, I ask all the time, not in dreams, but like, there's this new game which people are playing called Wordle, where you have to guess a five-letter word. It's just one word a day. And mm -hmm. sometimes I just 
ask my unconscious or my higher self, um, what's the word? And sometimes it tells me. Wow. Now, so, you did yeah. just, it, it, it wasn't that you just thought about it, was it? Uh, it's hard to tell. Was it my Well, hey, no matter how it comes, you got it. That's good. And, yeah, and it makes, it makes you a winner. Okay. One time I was at dinner with my husband, and I said, uh, think of something, and then I'm going to tell you what you're thinking of. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay. And mm -hmm. he was thinking and thinking, and I was, you know, eating, and I wasn't getting anything. And then I said, oh, I'm not getting anything. And the minute I said that, I said, oh, giraffe. He said, yes, I was thinking of a giraffe. So hmm. how did I get that? Hmm. Everybody can do that. Huh. Everybody, we just like everybody can see and hear, well, most people can see and hear and smell and feel, we also can have mental telepathy and clairvoyance and clairaudience. We just don't develop these things. We are so amazing. We are amazing <laughs> beings. We okay. are. Well, yeah, of course we are. Thank God, man. Why not? Um, as long as we don't come back as a chicken. Um, <laughs> well, so, that's, you, that's your choice. Okay, so we've talked about um, uh, dreams come from ourselves. We've talked about them come from another, um, the heavenly realm. Um Another you, I think we've talked about that kind of. So how about another time? Now, did I hear you say earlier that you did do time travel? Yeah, I, I was referring that time um, to when I went back to the, my last death. But I have done, in my dreams, I have been in different times, different places, different times with different powers. Mm -hmm. But I believe that's all, like, I'm Susan, and I have this body, and I'm living in 2022, but I think that I'm simultaneously have other types of bodies living in other times and even other galaxies because I have dreamt of myself there, mm -hmm. not looking exactly like this, but it was me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And that's just not me. I, I believe this is true for everybody. And, and this has been, there was a very famous uh, voice channel called Jane Roberts, who channeled a fifth dimensional being called Seth. She channeled him like for over 10 years in the 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. And he said a very similar, he was a fifth dimensional being. He said the very same thing that we are, like a multiplex theater, you know how they have all the movies going? Well, we're like we're like multiplexes. We're just not aware of our other selves because we're very focused on our on this self. Mm. But in our dreams, we're freer and we can meet our other selves. So, uh, have you ever met yourself in the past? Yeah, I've met myself on a different planet. I've met myself in the past. I've met myself with superpowers. I mean, when I say met, I have dreamed of these selves. Mm -hmm. Dreamed of these so, selves. I mean, so how are you doing in other lives? You doing okay over there too? Some lives are better and some lives are worse. But one night I was so, I mean, it's not just one night. Sometimes you're so far out that I woke up one morning and I looked at my husband and I said, what's my name in this dimension? 
luckily he's a very he was a very solid man and he said your name is Susan Plunkett and you're in the third dimension on earth but I absolutely knew that I knew him and I recognized my body I had no idea what my name was I have also dreamt of other people in my dreams who I know in this life but they had a different name in that other life I was dreaming of and when I wake up I only know them by that name and I cannot remember their name in this life so what other types of beings were you when you met yourself in the past well I think I mentioned in one of them I was a type of superhero yeah you didn't say that lift up the bridge I mean, so so did you have a cape or I mean, what, what, what happened there? I was wearing a yellow dress and purple tights and I lifted up an iron bridge with my will and my hands to get the people out and I was shocked when I woke up about mm. that dream I was shocked when, um, when you, you when you talk about Seth that kind of reminded me of like an Egyptian god of some sort yeah I know it, that yeah there was an Egyptian god named Set this character that Jane Roberts not a character this was a being that she channeled his name was Seth S E T H yeah. he had actually been a human at one point because some of these beings have never been human like Ra was never human um never had a human life mm -hmm. In your in your book, the the wanderers, uh, is that? Uh, uh, and, and you said that there's wanderers walking around. Is there's some people who say there's this entity called the Nephilim that are some sort of hybrid type of being. Do you think it's an extraction of that type of being, spiritual beings? I think the wanderers are different. Nephilim. The way I've been told about Nephilim is that. Um, they were created um, by human women marrying and mating with angelic masculine beings. Right. And then the Nephilim were born, so they were like sort of half angel and half human. Um, but, but I also heard that a lot of them, most of them, were drowned in the Great Flood. They mm -hmm. weren't saved by Noah. But mm -hmm. although some I actually am writing about Nephilim in book three, which I haven't finished yet. Um, but the wanderers are specifically beings from the fifth dimension who have volunteered, but some of them don't know they're wanderers. You could be a wanderer, you just didn't wake up, you just don't know it. Sounds, sounds, like, sounds like they could also be, be dead and not know it too, kind of walk around like a ghost. Uh, Raul says, uh, says, Susan, what are, what are your personal spiritual beliefs? I believe that we are all connected, that we are all divine, that we are all on a journey back to source, that, that our goal is to reunite with source, with God. And to do that, we have to like wake up and understand that we come from God and we can journey back and we go through many lifetimes um, learning things 
learning, but finally learning that we are an aspect of divine and we each carry in our heart light, a spark of divine light. Mm. And, and that it's as much as possible, it's good to love and respect all beings, rocks, mm. trees, animals, humans, that everything comes from the divine. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's my personal belief. Mm -hmm. And that little differences mm -hmm. don't need to matter so much because we have so much more in common than not in common. Mm -hmm. So are, are you a vegetarian? I have often on been a vegetarian. I am mostly, but if someone gives me dinner and which has meat, I will eat it. I will eat what I'm given, but I don't cook meat for myself. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Um, but I'm not strict that way. I'll go either way. So would you, you go, do, would you go out? Would you go out in the forest? Would you hug a tree? Oh yeah, okay. I love trees. Mm -hmm. Okay. Would you step on an insect? I have <gasps> have stepped on insects accidentally, um, but I wouldn't intentionally step you, on one. You murdered an yes, insect. I have. So that doesn't sound like your higher self working there, Susan. No, that's that's my that's my human ego. So I suppose you would swat a fly, but you would think about it before you did, right? I'm not sure I would swat a fly. I try to shoo him out. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, it doesn't sound like you're, you're it's too egregious. We can work through that and try to work you past the damage that you've done to living beings. Although it's it's weird because you think what kind of what size brain do insects have anyway? I mean, how much room's in there? <laughs> I don't know. The brain isn't everything, though. I mean, they have life. And I imagine they love their life just like we love our life. Mm -hmm. um, now, we've, so we've talked about your books and things like that. Is there anything that you came prepared to talk about that we, the topic that we haven't touched yet? No, we've touched it. We've touched it um, in a really nice way. I loved hearing your questions and your listeners' questions. Mm -hmm. I, I hope everybody gets a little more interested in their dreams and in the power of their dreams after the, the discussion you've held here tonight mm -hmm. and uses their dreams for, for guidance and pleasure. Because, you know, if you have a really beautiful dream, it stays with you all day and you have a great feeling from it. You know, we've all had some mm -hmm. of those dreams where mm -hmm. you just feel great all day. Well, and you have other dreams that can't figure it out. You just carry it around and think about it. Well, tell me t tell me what type of dream would it be that a person would carry around and be happy about all day? I really haven't had one of those kinds of dreams. Um, well, I had a dream a couple of weeks ago um, where I was dreamt that I was looking in the bathroom window, at uh, the bathroom mirror. Right. I was looking at myself, mm -hmm. and then up behind me came a person that I had really loved a lot who's dead and he put his arms around me from behind and I just leaned back on him and I thought to myself I know you're dead but you're really it hasn't changed you're dead but you're here with me and I feel you and I was happy the whole day you was happy that a dead guy was there yeah that he visited that he visited and made me feel so safe and loved 
Okay, okay, okay. Well, that's what dead people do. They'll, they'll, they'll come by and... Happy. Nothing wrong with the happy dead guy. I mean, you know, it, it, it can happen. Everybody's dream is certainly their dream, and you can't fault somebody for their dream. He didn't feel that dead in the dream. I knew he was dead, but he felt <laughs> very real in the dream. You see, he sounds dead to me, but it sounds like he's a good kind of dead to you. So, see, that's just what, that's interpretation. Right so, I'm, I really can't interpret that dream anyway. But it, was, I, it was a feeling of love, a feeling mm -hmm. of love. Mm -hmm. Well, I noticed a couple of comments in that are coming as we end the show here. I see the, the ending kind of comments are coming in, and somebody wrote in there says, um, uh, we see that you really love life, talking about you. And uh, Smoke C says, thanks to Susan. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Out Factor says, I love how you express yourself. You're a very expressive person, which means uh, you're obviously very, you. very, very happy there, too. So, all right. Well, Susan, uh, I appreciate you coming on the Edge broadcast. If somebody wants to buy your books, how could they get them? Amazon. Amazon, if they have them, or they can go to, like, you have, it's so nice of you put up my website, susanplunkett.com. They can read some reviews of the books and see if it's their cup of tea. Mm -hmm. um, there's their stories, but I believe the stuff that they're saying is basically true. Mm -hmm. um, and you, was, did you say you have uh, like uh, another uh, another version of a book coming kind of in the works? Yeah, there's it's a trilogy. Mission from Venus is the first book. Wanderers is the second, and I'm writing the third one right now. Hmm. But you can read them separately. They don't have to be read together. So the, the way those books happen is that you wake up and you got something going and the, from the dream and then you write, oh, look, the cat's saying goodbye too. Look. Yeah, it's Mila's come back for the end. So he know, let's, let's put his little happy face up so the camera can see him. Mimi. Oh, look Mimi. at that. Mimi. Oh, look at the little happy kitty. <laughs> well, okay. Right. somewhere over there okay thank you so much for having me on daniel it was lovely and your listeners are just wonderful and and engaged and that's so nice i appreciate it so much okay all right susan plunkett i appreciate you coming on the show we'll talk soon okay bye bye everyone <laughs>